slapping you, just in case that... Nope, still not me. Still over here, not beating my wife. Ready. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Bring in the energy. I got this. Lights out. Gorilla radio. Mm. Turn that shit out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> here it is. I'm uh, not ready. I don't got this. All right. Well, you started off strong. You made it a whole 20 seconds. Well, you know. You win some, you lose some. Kristen is fucking exhausted because last night when we decided to go to bed, um, I, I don't know what was happening. They were towing some sort of a truck downstairs, but it was definitely not professional repo men level. No. And these guys were apparently out there till one o'clock. Yeah, I, I have a drinking longer, problem, so I passed honest. out after I got used to the sound. <laughs> yeah, they were out there for so long trying to get this big ass truck on this not, not tow truck. Hours of clanking metal and chains and Brett rolling over and elbowing me in the back. <laughs> it's all it's because good. I love you. It's my love bows. <laughs> you like go for the snuggle and then at some point in the night reposition and I just wind up with an elbow in my face. Yeah, knock if you love. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. That's exactly. <laughs> but welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. We're here to bring you yet another edition of the 2, 2, 2, star, 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 2, 2, Tuesday, day, day. And this day, we are bringing, this day, this Tuesday, we're bringing you Would You Rather 2012. 2012's Would You Rather. That's typically how I do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, what are you doing? My back Get hurts. your life together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah, well, you didn't introduce me. My name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting across the beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch back in the gym, week number eight, Kristen Bloom. How you doing, Did love? we cheers already? Besides Did you introduce me already? I, I might have. I don't what know. What the fuck is that? I'm so tired. <laughs> Who are we? Uh, yeah. Who are so you? So apparently... I'm a drunk, 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 drunk. <laughs> apparently, Brett had been wanting to see this movie for a while. Mm-hmm. I really distinctly remember us pulling it up once to look at it and the ratings being too high. So either the ratings plummeted or I'm confusing this with a different movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was at like 70 or 80%. Yeah, I, I remember wanting to watch it. And and maybe it was a few years ago. Maybe people hadn't seen it. Maybe it had just been added to Netflix. I don't know. It might have been back when we were doing the traditional two-star system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it being too high to do because I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> it is an interesting concept. If there's one thing that is frequent on the two-star review. It's a pretty shot. <laughs> it's a pretty shot, and that that's a cool idea. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm a little stuffy, so I may be a little sniffy. Stuffy and exhausted. Yes. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 59%. I feel like that's pretty fucking generous. <laughs> <laughs> the audience gave it a 36%. Uh, IMDb also a little generous, five point seven. Um, I love tired Kristen. I, I <laughs> no room for disagree. the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm probably not gonna have a lot of nice things to say about this movie. I'm gonna try not to tear it down. What I tried to do instead was write down topics we could have discussions about. Yeah. So save, save, save the writer's name for me. Hopefully we can be intellectually angry. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything on them, so yeah, go for it. Uh, this is directed by David Guy Levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by... Stefan Schlachtenhofen. Schlachtenhofen. There you go. Change your name, guy. <laughs> Simplify your name there, Stephen. I think the only interesting trivia I could find, the first production company credited uh, for having made this movie is the Lambrick Foundation, LLC. Mm-hmm. That is also the foundation in the movie that is donating money to the people that play the game. It's as the a, exact same name. As a person who appreciates and is soon to use that Hitchcockian element of creating the world within the world. I appreciate that. I was like, that is pretty neat. I'm assuming because it's got an LLC on it, that is an actual production company. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's what they named the foundation that donates to the players. The players. Uh, no no budget. No fascinating shit on this one, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Overall, a disappointment yeah, on almost yeah. every level. Distributed by FIC Films, which I feel like we've done their work before. That's at least a company. I think it's the International Film Club. 
Uh, oh, actually, in the trivia, just because we're looking at the f- people that worked on this movie, um, there were two flubs that they listed. I can't remember the two actors that they had listed, but two actors apparently got credited for the same role, even though they both definitely did not play the same role. Interesting. You had one job. <laughs> and uh, they misspelled their own production company in the credits. Uh, Periscope Entertainment was like pel- spelled Periscope or something like that, Entertainment, so they... We're typing too fast and not paying attention. It's like that excitement you get when you go to get a tattoo and they're going to give you the tattoo on the same day. You have to read that shit no over regrets. and over again. No regrets. So, I almost got a typo tattooed on my body. You almost got what? I almost got a typo tattooed on my forearm. On purpose yeah, or on accident? My forearm says uh, every breath is a choice and I got it done by a Japanese guy and it said every breath, no, every breathe. <laughs> did you catch it before he actually did it or do you have to yeah, go back and Yeah, there was fix supposed it? to be an E right there. That's why it kind of curved over. And so when I told him that there's no E at the end, then he got rid of it because it was supposed to be B-R-E. So he put an actual E and then had to fix it? He put an E in the design. And when we were going over it, I was like, there's no E at the end of that word. Every breathe is a choice. All right. Uh, actors. All right. So we got Brittany Snow. She plays <coughs> Iris. She plays <laughs> She, her character is <laughs> her, I mean, pretty much. It's an ugh character. Uh, Iris is our MC. She's the blonde female lead character. Um, the whole time we were watching her, I was like, I know her from something. Turns out she was in Pitch Perfect, which is a vastly different film from this one. So interesting to see her in a quote-unquote horror film. Yeah. And I thought this next guy, I thought his last name was Coombs, but it's Combs. Jeffrey Combs plays Shepard Lambrick. That's well, our uh, bad guy, the mm-hmm. dad character who owns the foundation. And if you're sitting around wondering where you know him from, he's from the cult classic 1985's The Reanimator. Woo! Fun. Johnny Coyne as... Evans. He's our uh, bald bodyguard. <laughs> Lawrence Gilliard Jr. as Dr. Varden. Who is our uh, doctor character who goes to save the day and gets shot right away. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Miller as Rally. That's the brother to our MC. And probably the best performance in the entire movie. Because he's uh, not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Enver Gajorj as, as Lucas. That's definitely how you pronounce that. G-J-O-K-A-J? I don't know. Gajorj. <laughs> He's the character that survives up until the tell end. It's just him and the MC at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, he's the one who has to slit his eye as well. And because uh, there are a lot of characters in this, I have decided to describe them by their deaths, basically. That, that works <laughs> for me. Sasha Gray, of pornography fame, plays Amy. Uh, she's our sassy, dark haired character who gets her ass drowned. Well, better than what used to happen to her ass. John Hurt as Conway. <laughs> <laughs> our drunkard who gets shot when he tries to quit the game. I liked him a beginning. lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they killed him off so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He immediately turned into pissed off drunk and it's like, oh, I see why you quit. We'll get into it. Charlie Hoffenheimer as Travis. Uh, he's the former military guy that gets lashed to death once he smarts off to the uh, bad guy's son. Eddie Steeples as Cal, who you might know from like a commercial I've forgotten what commercial spot he had, but I was like, I know that dude, and then hmm. I IMDb'd him, and it was um, part of a big FedEx commercial or something. I, I don't, I'm, I'm hesitant to use this as a description, but I don't really know any other way to describe his <laughs> he's character. The he's the black guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the character of color. He's the one who gets shot when they all try to stage their coup. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then June Squibb plays Linda. She's our old paraplegic lady that gets stabbed. Stabby, stabby. Robin Lord Taylor as Julian Lambrick. Uh, he's the son, which I'm surprised they credited him so far down. He's the son of our bad guy. He is in the TV series Gotham. And may actually be the best performance of the film. I, I, I really like that kid as an actor. I'm surprised he leaves the movie so early. I wonder mm-hmm. if he had scheduling conflicts. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go be in the Batman shit, so I'm not gonna bah. be here. It's basically just him pretending to be the penguin <laughs> offset. Um, and Rob Wells plays Peter. He's the dude who gets his hand blown off by dynamites. Good move, Peter. Woo! All right. So where do you want to start, love? Start by Start with the synopsis. Pulling this off of here so I can see my characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Damn. All I right. Gotta... 
So Brittany Snow plays Iris, right? And I'm also do that. This is how professional we are here on the mistakes. Well, I stapled them together, so it's all together. <laughs> I mean, so I'm giving you your. It's packet. not a bash at you. I was about to bash our audience for not supporting us enough. Give me information give more packet. paper. I can't even afford more paper. <laughs> <laughs> but Iris, um, her brother, I believe, has leukemia and needs a bone marrow transplant. I think so. Was that the deal? I believe so, yeah. Um, and after failing to get a job as a waitress, she is... Which was somehow going to pay for a transplant. Yeah, met up by a philanthropist named Shepard. Uh, Shepard basically invites her to a violent version of the Dinner for Schmucks movie, and everybody gets dead. Um, and then the best plot twist of all time after all is said and done and iris has overcome the game goes home to find out her brother's committed suicide so that she didn't need the weight of the world on the shoulders that was genius because she tells her brother she's going out to party with some old high school friends and he's like i'm holding my sis back (laughs) um yeah so did i get it did I nail it to the wall? You did. All right. I'm good at this. Done. <laughs> um, that's the whole podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that's it. That's all you needed to know. Uh, well, A bunch prim- of people died. Nothing of substance happened. Yeah. The premise of this movie, even though they don't really tell us what's going on with any of the other characters, is that all of these people in some way need money and they don't find out till the game starts that it's basically a game to the death. The yeah. final person standing gets the money and everybody else gets dead. <laughs> Oh, God, I don't even know what to do. I don't have... Well, let's start with a positive. I don't have any. You... <laughs> you go. I like the slow build. Not... That's not the... No, because I'm going to tear into that. I was going to say, you were mad about second. that. Um, when they establish the game, the first couple of challenges, because those are interesting moral questions, like the vegan eating the meat, the drunk having to take a drink, greed over morality... Yeah. I would argue, and that's a topic I want to get into a little bit later on, because I feel like it's one of the bigger topics that we're going to be able to cover for this movie. I would argue other movies we've watched have done it better. Okay. Um, I do like that the initial challenges seem fairly innocent. Uh, But they're against the self, which is the part that I like about those two specific ones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not stab the next guy over. It's you've made this. You've made this personal choice. Ten thousand dollars for that glass of wine. Fifty thousand dollars for that decanter of scotch. Yeah, that's true. I guess Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. I I think we've seen it done better, though. (laughs) Well, we'll get into it later. I try not to look at the notes there for a minute. So let's start. At the top of the notes. Yeah, I'm going to start with something a little bit more surface level because I think some of these other topics we can talk about are a bit deeper. Um, I don't find, and it's probably my biggest problem up front with this movie, the premise terribly believable. Um, Okay. The idea that a person would be desperate for money and be willing to um, maybe make irrational decisions for that money is... A well-played-out idea. Yeah. A lot of people have done it. People have done it better. People have done it in more compelling ways. As so I that... said, this is Dinner for Schmucks plus murder. Yeah. It's done better <laughs> in Dinner for Schmucks. <laughs> Basically. Um, so that concept I'm fine with. Um, I don't know if it's because there's such a large cast so we don't get to know the characters um, well enough for it to seem bothersome or if the acting's just not there or what the problem is for me, but... The second we introduce you can die here when they Mm -hmm. shoot the drunk character, nobody really seems terribly upset. Throughout the entire film, horrific shit is happening and people are like, Oh, I guess we're just gonna beat that guy to death and the only there's only one part where anybody tries to stand up for him. Yeah. And like I would be crying hysterically Mm -hmm. if I was at a dinner party and somebody spontaneously got shot in the face. And then they were like, oh, yeah, you're not leaving. Well, that's what surprised me about their choices throughout it. The whole time I'm sitting there going, rush the guards. It took them fucking an hour to try to take over the situation. That's something you need to establish immediately. Kill that guy in cold blood. Kill somebody else to establish you're not getting the fuck out of here. And we're off. I I would be a bit hesitant, I think, as a personal choice to rush the guards just because there are like three of them i think and they all Mm -hmm. have guns um we don't really establish whether or not no actually i guess he does yeah he tries to rush the main bad guy and he has a gun too um so on a personal like 
I'd be afraid to rush the guards. Yeah. I could see maybe stalling doing that. Well, but... as a dude at this table, rush the guard. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit there, but I'm going to put myself in, what is it, Travis's position as a, a veteran? Rush the guards. <laughs> we saw 9-11 happen. Don't fuck around with this. <laughs> true. Yeah, that is true. Because they sat back and... Uh, it got a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> kept hoping it would get better, and mm. it didn't. Um, but yeah, like, they kill the drunk character before they even do the first real challenge where they have to electrocute each other. Mm -hmm. And like the electrocution thing would definitely be scary and I would not want to participate, but we saw nobody really got hurt from that. So yeah. like that challenge doesn't seem like too, too terrible. And like it progresses worse mm -hmm. and worse, but like somebody gets shot in the face and killed before that challenge. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, Okay. So it pulls the air out of the room, and now I don't give a shit if you're going to electrocute people. You just shot homeboy over yeah, there. Yeah, and nobody's crying, nobody's vomiting, mm -hmm. nobody's, like, hysterically begging. Like, yeah. there's none of that shit that you would expect at least one single character out of all of these characters to do. And I'm like, I... The freak. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't buy that nobody is upset. Yeah. Like, nobody's like, I got kids. And imagine just putting that level of emotion into it right off of the bat, how that would have changed this whole fucking movie around. Mm. If they are terrified and they're not just like, oh, I don't want to hurt them because I have a moral obligation not to hurt my fellow man. But if they realize, like, immediately, this is life and fucking death how scary it is the first time that helmet goes on yeah. you're like what the fuck have we just walked into yeah. but because you've not asserted that emotional level of dominance right up top i don't give a fuck about these people all the way up until we find out the brothers committed suicide yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh my god what no <laughs> like even as the challenges get progressively worse, like it never really feels like anybody is truly upset. The only time it feels like somebody is legit upset is when um, Lucas's character has to slit his eye. That is the only time in the mm -hmm. whole movie where there's like legitimate hesitation. I don't think I can do this. Like, yeah, but every other film I've seen and I get slit that's the way i feel we just as human beings have a weird thing about the eyeballs yeah, if you yeah it's like as easy as a jump scare you know it's been done a lot better than this but when you involve the eye you're inherently going to get that squeamy cringe and too you know. that's taking away a part of your ability to live a normal life so i mm -hmm. guess it seems more traumatic because it's like i will forever be blind in that one eye now yeah. um but there are other challenges that I feel like are pretty graphic, too. Like, being electrocuted, if you know you're going to survive, maybe isn't too, too bad. But yeah. it's still kind of like, uh. This is going to feel really weird for about yeah. 15 seconds. But then yeah. you also get the potential to be stabbed. And we introduce Amy as kind of the psycho, like, wild card mm -hmm. character. And she is stabbing people. So then you kind of introduce this, like, someone could purposely try to kill me element. Yeah. And we don't play that up. Like, people aren't necessarily, like... So let's concern. kill this crazy bitch. You yeah. Know? Like they did in Circle. You know, like yeah. when we watched Circle Eliminate and they started. The yeah. This person's trying to kill us. Let's go ahead and kill that person so we can have a rational conversation. You know. Yeah. You don't introduce any sort of dichotomy like on all levels. Am I making sense? Though? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, I don't even remember what challenges come after that. Did we just go straight Stabbing to the Stabbing in the thigh. Um, the lashings. The, yeah. But that's a part of. Stabbing, it's either lash or stab. That's why that yeah. one dude gets lashed so many times. And then do we just go straight to the I think so. barrel after that? Is Th there, are this so was such challenges? a slow-paced fucking film. Yeah, so there yeah. are only... Because the initial... I'll, I'll throw out the vegan and the um, alcohol challenge because that's before the game starts. But that is an interesting thought to like make you throw away your own morals that mm -hmm. quickly. But then we go electrocution because drunk dude tries to leave the room and then we go to electrocution after that then the lashing stabbing because soldier dude yeah. stands up then they all try to escape and mm -hmm. several characters get killed in that and then yeah it's the barrel, the barrel. of the cards right and that's mm -hmm. so there are three challenges basically yeah for an hour and a half and then the final two challenge yeah that's dumb i didn't realize there were that few <laughs> so yeah it like it basically goes from Mild electrocution, uh, beat somebody else up so you don't personally have to take the pain at all, and then pick from really graphically terrible cards on the table or potentially drown. Yeah. 
and and the only one that was ever in a threat to actually drown was Amy because she got the four minute card. You can still I can't be hold revived. My breath for two minutes. Do what? I can't hold my breath. No, for but two I'm minutes. sure you could be revived after two minutes. I don't think they'd let them do CPR though. Oh. I think the premise is once you're gone, you're gone. True. But the dude who blows up his hand is just like, well, if it's a dud, do I win? You know, like <laughs> he's making jokes right up to. Yeah. And they make a joke also with the fucking uh, bodyguard, Bevins, uh, where they're like, oh, don't get to pull anybody's teeth out this film. Yeah. And it's like, I would have liked to have seen teeth get pulled out. Like, if you're going to make a torture film, make a fucking torture yeah. film. Yeah. And it feels a bit like it's a board game you're playing instead of. Like, you're actually participating. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like the characters don't grasp there's consequences. Like, even when yeah. Amy walks up to definitely drown, she knows she's not going to survive four minutes. She's like, ah, oh, beggars can't be choosers. Fuck it. Like, there's such a level of indifference that's not believable. Yeah. It would have been so much better if Iris up front had, like, a fear of swimming and a fear of water. And then it becomes, like, an actual, do I go with that, what seems like a pretty easy thing to do try not to black out for two minutes yeah. um, versus this card that I don't understand. Like the, the, if she drowned as a child or we'd established any sort of fear of any of these things for any of these people. Well, <laughs> I think that's what makes that more frustrating is they do a flashback while Iris is underwater of her brother telling her a story about a nightmare he had where they all drown. Mm-hmm. And Iris is just like, oh, I've been listening to him talk about a nightmare he had that's yeah. totally irrelevant to her. It's not his battle here, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's a weird thing to try to establish some kind of feeling over when it's not her fear. It's mm-hmm. his fear. Yeah, her fear is losing him. Yeah. Not only gets played with in the last 30 seconds. He's literally not addressed throughout any of this movie. None yeah. of these characters' motivating factors are addressed throughout this no, whole He's movie. the motivation to get her to the table, and then we do what we call the video game thing. <laughs> we introduce things just to have tasks, you know. And I don't buy either um, when we're doing the bit where Iris has to eat meat and the character, uh, Conway, that's the uh, recovering alcoholic having to take the drink. I don't buy... How insulting the host is up front. Yeah. Not chasing someone off. Yeah, that feels very much like the dinner for schmucks move, you know. Um, He should have been a lot more English. (laughs) I don't don't know what to say. Like polite, you know. Yeah. Maybe slightly sarcastic, sarcastic, slightly off-putting. Like, ooh, that's a little offensive. And then somebody stands up. Hey, man, my dad's an alcoholic. And you create a dynamic there at the table. Yeah. Where they slowly realize that the host is an insensitive dickhead. Yeah. As opposed to immediately, like, I'll give you $10,000 if you eat that red flesh. I almost would have started with the drunk and then been like, oh, my misunderstanding. And then do the red flesh thing with the offer for the 10 grand of the wine still Mm. at the table and the alcoholic staring at it. And then after she does the meat challenge, then do the decanter, you know, (laughs) layer it. Yeah. And like, I don't like that the son immediately starts calling the people there pigs and like saying, you're here begging for money and all Mm -hmm. this. And that's before the game even starts. Like they're openly being, yeah, I would have been like, well, fuck you and fuck you. I'm out of here. Yeah. They're (laughs) openly being incredibly insulting. And when you don't know anything about these characters and they've taken away your keys and taken away your phones and they're like openly demeaning you and they don't think highly of you at all. I'd be like, what are we getting into? I'm going to go to the hangout at the pool hall. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't buy that. Not, I mean the drunk character stands up and then he's like, ah, and then sits back down. But I think there needed to be a character in this movie that says, I think I'm going to leave, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if they shot that character behind the house because they didn't want anybody to leave, like I would have been okay with that. But someone in that situation, I feel like would have been like, I... I'm good. Not going to be talked to this Don't way. need 10 grand that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even say really how much the prize is. We no, just it's establish just... it's a bunch of money. Yeah, the only time they... You're right. The only time they deal with actual figures is those first two challenges. Mm-hmm. They're not told, you know, do this challenge all the way through and you'll get $50,000. And nobody's sitting in the room before. Like, he offered the opportunity. If you want to leave, now's the time. If you don't leave now, you can't leave later. And nobody was like, well, what are the rules? Or how much are we going to win? Or, yeah. like, nobody had questions? Yeah, they're just blindly walking in. Yeah, I, I like don't Like the cardboard that. that they are. 
Yeah, they and they are incredibly hard workers. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. Um, I do think there's about to be an explosion sip. behind you. <laughs> oh, it's a three-way stand-up. <laughs> Cats and dogs. All right, they broke it up. Um, I do like that to some extent it's a twist on other movies that did this type of film better. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a two-star on 13 Sins. Can you remind me what that one was? It's the game show one um, where he has to smash the fly and then eat the fly and it yeah, just keeps yeah, progressively yeah, yeah. getting that worse That was cool. Worse. <laughs> yeah. um, so I like the progression of the challenges in 13 Sins better than this because everybody at some point in their life has killed a fly because it's yeah. in your house and when you, you swat it. Um, if you're going to give me, what, $25,000 to eat that thing, yeah, fuck it. See, I've never eaten a fly, and I really hate bugs, so, like, I would definitely pause. But depending on the money amount, yeah, most people are going to go, hmm. It's a fly. How bad do I want this? Fear I Factor was on it. TV when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it kind of just slowly gets worse and worse, where it's like, oh, like, make a kid cry. And that's mm-hmm. still, like, it's starting to get a bit questionable, but it's not electrocute a person in a chair next to you level questionable, yeah. you know? Um, and I like that it's kind of a slow build. So at the point that he realizes these challenges are really bad ideas, he's in trouble with the law yeah. and can't back now out Now he has anymore. to stay in them to get his record expunged. Yeah, and with this game, it's just kind of like, eh, challenges, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of, eh participating until we get to the final kill a man at the end you know um i do like in 13 sins though that it's kind of and even in um saw which i'm hesitant to compare this movie to saw (laughs) but uh other we use saw we use saw a shitload just as a reference point because it's one of my favorite fucking horror films and other critics compared this movie to saw so that's why we're going to tackle it now but um, unless you want to talk about like four through whatever fucking number we're (laughs) on but the canonical three don't touch those (laughs) (laughs) well i mean we'll go with saw one we'll compare it to the original concept of saw um, I like that in Saw and in 13 Sins, both you come across with characters that are potentially in kind of shady situations yeah. that are making shady decisions and ultimately, ideally, end up being better people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the premise is learn from yeah. this. And the worse person you are, the harsher your challenge is. Yeah. And then... And would you rather? It's the complete opposite. We have a young, mm-hmm. blonde, cute girl who's the epitome of, like, innocent looking, who has given up her life because her parents are dead, and she's taking care of her sick brother. Mm-hmm. And the first challenge, um, like, she quickly caves to the vegan thing yeah. under pressure. So maybe that kind of... My brother eats chicken nuggets <laughs> when he's drunk. So it's... <laughs> well, Maybe that kind of subtly hints, but to me it's too subtle that mm-hmm. her character's gonna shift at the end. But like in the electrocution challenge, um, she refuses to electrocute the person next to her and she's the only... There are three people in that challenge that do that. She's one of the only three that don't electrocute yeah. someone else. And then... Um, yeah, like, throughout the entire movie, she's never shown violence. Like, mm-hmm. she tries to run away, but, like, doesn't, like, try to hurt anyone or shoot anyone or attack anyone. Like, never an aggressive character. Like, she seems like a morally good person. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she shoots the dude across from her instead of walking away. Like, they're both mm-hmm. given the option to leave, and she decides to take a man's life. Yeah. And that's kind of a weird shift to see someone go from good, 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 good to like, ah, but, you know, I could just kill you. Well, I think as opposed to Saul, um, this film, he's trying to create more sociopaths like himself. Whereas in Saul, um, I believe it's John. Is that the name of Jigsaw? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is trying to traumatize them into being better people mm. because he has cancer and he's traumatized and he didn't value his life. So he's trying to teach him a different lesson as fucked up as that lesson, you know, may be while John's still in the picture in the films after John, uh, the whole thing takes a shit and loses itself. But, um, this guy's trying to break them and turn them into people like his own son, as opposed to jigsaw. You know, yeah. I will break your heroin addiction. 
I will make you, you know, come clean about your murder that you committed that that other dude served time in jail for. I'll make you, you know, forgive. <laughs> yeah. And I think with 13 Sins, it's a bit more neutral. It felt more like it was just entertainment for other people. Yeah. But ultimately, our main character... 13 Sins was very hostile in that regard. Yeah. Where it's like, we're entertaining, you know, the sociopaths and the 1%. Whereas this is trying to turn your everyday person into the personality of the 1%. Yeah. And like, with 13 Sins, though, ultimately... Um, the goodness of our character comes out in the end and that's mm-hmm. kind of rewarded by his wife also still being this good or his fiance, like still also being this good person who refused to participate in the game at all. And I, I like the idea of flipping on, on its head where a main character is kind of the symbolic of like goodness. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up becoming the bad guy at the end. And her excuse is gone at the yeah. very end. What bothers me is the lack of build to it. Like, the only time we really see her rebel is um, with the vegan thing. She mm-hmm. eats the meat. But like I said, she doesn't shock the person next to her. Um, well, she does stab the son when he tries to rape her, but he tries to rape her. Yeah. So, yeah, Deserved whatever. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, even with the barrel challenge, she's the only person who picks the barrel just straight up up front and refuses to open her card. So she's not a risk taker. Yeah. And then we just, she shoots the dude yeah. as he's telling her, I've got three sisters and we don't know what's wrong with this. Spam cut to cold fucking homicide. Yeah. <laughs> like without a thought and then goes home and takes a shower. And does it in exchange for a bone marrow transplant instead of cash, right? So she walks away with. She gets cash in uh, the transplant. Oh, okay. Because he says we've set up the donor um, and it'll happen before the weekend. But he also gives her a big bag of cash. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, and she goes home, like, he's like, shouldn't you thank me? And she says, thank you. And then she goes home and just takes a shower. Like, I'd be calling the fucking cops. Yeah, hey, there's a bunch of bodies over here yeah. at this fucking mansion. <laughs> so. Because, yeah, we didn't get, like, even with the 13 cents, um, we didn't get this demographic of the cops are in on it, too, you know? Because, yeah, they're in Saw, too. The cops are trying to yeah. catch Jigsaw. Yeah, we don't get any police dynamic, so we don't know if the cops are in on it, if the cops are investigating, if this is a string of disappearances in the city. We don't establish that this thing exists and they've found this weird corner of the world. Yeah. Because they are, you know, guy from Lethal Weapon and um, that other dude are trying to catch Jigsaw in the first film. Yeah. And that's like one of the major plot points in the film is dude from Lethal Weapon. Danny Glover, is yes. that? Yeah. Um, sees his partner get shotgunned to death while trying to chase Jigsaw out of the thing. Man, I haven't seen the original Saw in so long. I didn't know Danny Glover was in it. Yeah. Huh. If I've got the right it. actor in my head, but I'm pretty sure it's the dude from Lethal Weapon. I haven't seen it in a long time, so yeah. you're probably right. He's, one, he's the detective who's gone insane trying to figure out the Jigsaw murders. And it's because his partner, they they happen upon Jigsaw's warehouse. And as Jigsaw's running out the back door, they shoot him. The partner chases him through the doorway, and he's got all the shotguns lined up on the mm-hmm. ceiling. So when he hits the tripwire, it guns down his partner, and it destroys his life. I'm going to have to rewatch that. I don't it's a great it fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want... if you. If you don't know, it's one of the best low-budget fucking horror films ever made. It was shot in, like, one set in a weekend. Fucking, it's a James Wan is a goddamn mm. miracle worker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. Interesting that they didn't have any element of the outside world in this, though, because we do establish other characters have played and survived the game. They mentioned that people have been flown in from different states, so you could... Yeah dismiss the disappearances to some extent because they're from all over but yeah like no one ever called the cops on him nobody in the town (laughs) because it's not like he's a mafia dude he has a couple of bodyguards like he's not he's not that connected which leads me (laughs) to my next point strong villains this is a weak ass villain yeah jigsaw would fuck this dude's life up yeah like the penguin played by robin lord taylor would fuck this guy's life up (laughs) I don't have a problem, per se, with the actor that they cast. I think I have a problem with his performance. It's almost like... Well, he's like a master of B-film, which is where I can forgive it, because he was Reanimator, which is like a cult classic B 
horror mm-hmm. film. So it would be like hiring um, what's his nuts from the Evil Dead who played Ash. Like you're gonna expect this <laughs> over the top, you know, corny performance. Yeah, but it seems Bruce like Campbell. yeah, it seems like, and that was one of the things I read too in the reviews. Like if you took out the violence it's almost like a dinner party like mystery movie and it seems like he's a character that would belong in clue like oh someone got murdered who done it oh my god was it a wrench was it in the bathroom yeah like he's he's almost almost like he's making little jokes in his performance instead of like it being serious or like sinister or unhinged or he's like i want to watch people suffer or you're gonna earn this money or anything like that like like he's doing it for his own entertainment it's like that Doug Stanhope bit that I was listening to yesterday that you giggled at where it's like the, the man that's so rich he has to fly in talcum covered little boys so he can slap him on the absurd. ass with paddles. Like that's what this dude's like. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a little gimmick he's yeah, pulling. He's not getting off on the violence. His son's not getting off on the violence. He, I mean, his son, to a level, likes participating in the violence, but... It's not like Hostel or The Purge or any of those types of films. I think the implication was supposed to be that maybe he's like a little more high class and that's why he like acts the way that he acts. Mm -hmm. He's like, we're going to have a game. And then his son's like meant to be a little more unhinged and like... But his son never goes full tilt fucking crazy. Well, that's why... You need to introduce that. Yeah. If you're going to use that element, you need him to be psychotic beyond measure you you need bevins to be like the one that holds the leash on your child (laughs) and that's why i'm kind of curious why his character drops off so early into the movie Mm -hmm. like um i don't know if maybe he was working on gotham at the same time as this or what was going on with that but like to have introduced this character that's supposed to be the more, like, degraded, fucked-up version mm-hmm. of his father. And his dad's like, we've had to talk about this a few times. <laughs> like, let's stop doing this. Get yeah. it together. And, like... If I invite a bunch of people over for you to kill, will you quit raping women at your high school? Yeah. <laughs> and, like... Like, we're initially establishing... Because it's even the son's idea to whip Travis to mm-hmm. death. So that entire challenge is created on a whim because the son was insulted by Travis. Um, so we're establishing a level of importance to the son's influence over the game for his character to vanish halfway through the movie. Yeah, so he's sent upstairs on timeout. Yeah. He got stabbed. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm curious, like, was the actor no longer available and they had to change the script? Was that how the script was written? Cause like, I assumed up front the son was going to end up being the major villain and yeah. not the dad. I thought he was going to kill dad. I thought he was going to be the one that was trying to rape Iris. Like I, so much potential in that psychotic side character. Yeah, and there's so much more strength behind Jigsaw and both the, I can't remember what the bad guys are called in 13 mm-hmm. Sins, but it's like a conglomeration of yeah. people that are controlling this network. But there's so much more strength behind how sinister those bad guys are. And you don't even see them on screen. Mm-hmm. Like Jigsaw is basically a puppet for the entire movie. Yep. And 13 Sins is yeah, a phone also call. also a puppet and a dead guy. <laughs> yeah, 13 Sins is a gimmicky phone call that sounds like you're on a game show mm-hmm. as you're answering the phone. And, like, I think we see, like, a dude in a clown face or something once, and that's it. Like, you never yeah. really see a bad guy. And they have, like, a stronger presence in the movie where it legit feels like the characters can't get away. Mm-hmm. Versus like you're this. You're fucked. We are three steps ahead of every possible decision you could make. Yeah, versus this where it's like, it feels like if you just find the right window, you could crawl out and you'd be good. Yeah, you'd be (laughs) all right. If you guys would have rushed the bad guys immediately, if you would have just said, no, I'm good, I'm not eating the steak, I don't care how much money. (laughs) Like, I think if you're going to have a movie like this where it's meant to be, um, you're being manipulated into choices, Mm -hmm. like that presence needs to have more of a stranglehold. Even the circle, which was... Well, that's a weakness in the writing, is the writer didn't have a stranglehold. This feels like a first draft yeah. from a written written perspective, where it wasn't given to a beta to read, to go, yeah, why didn't they just, why didn't anybody try to walk out? Why yeah. didn't anybody go, fuck you, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and why wasn't it more like, like a psychotic level of like, I want to hurt people? Yeah. Like, if that's the 
concept of this game is you're going to hurt before you get to the final Mm -hmm. like result like why is that not more sinister like even the circle which is a dumb movie that we both hated (laughs) like and it's aliens like felt (laughs) felt more if you want to piss me off just make it aliens (laughs) (laughs) even that movie though felt more like the bad guy was in more control because it was like you literally can't step outside of your circle you can't touch Mm -hmm. the person next to you if you try not to make a decision you're it's going to make the decision for you in a matter of seconds like there were very set specific rules that you had to follow or you were going to die. And mm-hmm. with this, it's just kind of like, oh, we're just having dinner and playing some games. We're just here <laughs> with our little parlor trick. It's basically Agatha Christie's and then there was one. Meets dinner for schmucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to argue with you, though. Um, All right. I would disagree that the end of the movie is a plot twist so much as a letdown. How so? I I just realized how fast I drank my beers. (laughs) (laughs) I think initially in the writing it was probably intended to be like, she did all this stuff and look what happened, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think that was the intention for sure that it was going to be this shocking plot twist because she peeks in on him and he she yeah. thinks he's sleeping and then goes and takes a shower. My feeling on the matter is it's it's like somebody didn't have any more to say so they just wrote an ending and that was how it ended um because again, our character starts out as kind of this neutral good innocent mm-hmm. character ends up ultimately shooting and killing a man in cold blood when she is given the choice. Mm-hmm. That they can both live and walk away. She just won't get any money. So she is given the option to save a life. And for monetary gain. Takes a life. And we don't see the progression of her character falling into that darkness. Agreed. Enough to make that moment believable that she would have made that choice. Or at least a connection. If there had been a stronger connection between her and her brother. So that we felt. I agree. The desperation. Yeah. So ultimately when she goes home and finds that her brother is dead instead of it being like a slap in the face of like, look how far you've Mm -hmm. drifted from where you were even just earlier this morning. It feels like, oh, you wasted your day, you know? Yeah, and I agree with you on that. I only call it the strongest performance because it's the only part where I was like, whoa. You know, I agree with you um, that it feels like a weird cop out, but I think that I want to see what was left on the editing room floor. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there was something in the script that was so fucked up. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> in my head, I need to think that Stefan sent out with this mind fuck of a movie. And then we would go through all of that just to come to the end and realize all for naught. Yeah. You know, like that would have made that the best sign off. It would have been like hereditary with the beheading scene, but in reverse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think maybe, I mean, I'm not a writer, so I don't really know what the fix here is, but I think maybe it's another movie that suffers from trying to cram too many characters in. If we had had yeah. less characters and had known more intimately her relationship with her brother and who she was as a person and how far she fell from grace by the end of this movie, that would have felt like a gut punch. Like, look what you've turned into. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, all for naught. But instead, it's just, it just kind of feels like, oh, you wasted your night at a silly oh, dinner party, sucks. didn't you? Silly dinner party. You're never going to jail and you just made $15,000. Yeah, Sorry and, about your brother. Yeah. And you know, no, she's you not going to call in. the cop. She's not going to turn yeah. him in. She's going to take that money and go start a new life. So it just feels like... It was meaningless. No, the fix is definitely in the first act. You really build this thing out. It, I hate how fucking slow this movie is to begin it with. It's, it's fucking 30 minutes before we see somebody die in a torture porn movie. <laughs> like, no, I need things to start fucking happening. Um, but if you would have established a relationship with the brother and iris um given her some basic fears to go into the game with and made him like her everything like i I, they try to establish that up front it's not very well received Mm -hmm. because she's supposed to be taking care of this guy with leukemia and yet she can't get a job as a fucking waitress it's like i i feel like a person is taking care of their brother 
has a skill set, <laughs> you know, if that's not a cheap disease, you know, yeah. <laughs> so and she's doing it. So she lost her job. She can't even get hired on as a waitress. She can't sob story the manager into hiring her to be a waitress. And then we wind up in this circle of events that are so disconnected because I don't give a shit about anybody but like three other people at the table. You know, the old lady, the veteran, sociopathic son. Um, hey guys. And our bitch character, maybe. Like boil it down to like four. We don't need those other guys as compelling as the alcoholic is. Whereas like... Saw doesn't deep dive into the victims, mm -hmm. but they give you the hit points, you know? I think it's Saw 3. I mix up 2 and 3 all the time. Um, maybe even 4, where the guy, his kid's been killed by the drunk driver, and you get the scene with the woman who's chained up naked and being sprayed with dry ice, basically, getting killed, uh, frozen to death. And he has to like stick his hands through a series of frozen bars to grab a key and he can't do it. And she dies. Um, but they give you the beats. Like she was the defense attorney who, you know, let him out. The guy who killed his kid, let the kid, you know, so he's like screaming, you bitch. And you build, 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 yeah. build, build. And then right when he has a moral change, she dies. Yeah. And like, know, or you, the crucifix, even. The guy who killed his kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, in Saw, you get a sense of what, even if it's briefly, the characters are fighting for or mm -hmm. against. And in this movie, we don't know what literally anyone else's motivation is. Like, they, none of them look poor. None of them look like they've fallen on hard That's times. a really like good point. Like, they have a drug addiction. Like, none of them look like they're in desperate... I would kill a man need for money. Oh, they look upper middle class. That's yeah. a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, like, the fact that we don't even establish what the need is, like, makes it very indifferent that they die. Like, even the old lady. Like, I, like, was indifferent to her dying. Like, I thought that was a cool moment where she stabbed Amy. Cause she was like, you bitch, you shocked me. I'm going to stab mm -hmm. you, you know? And then Amy elbows her in the face. But, like, when he stabs the old lady in the leg because he's like... Oh, you're paralyzed. You won't even feel it. I'm mm -hmm. like, there's some logic to that. Yeah. You know, like I was indifferent. And like, I, I feel like less She starts characters... bleeding out and I'm like, isn't that the guy from the trailer park boys? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like less characters with desperate needs. And then you have, and maybe they're not all like seedy characters that have fallen into bad circumstances mm -hmm. by their own doing. Maybe some of them, like your home got foreclosed or whatever. Maybe some of them are just trying to keep their children fed yeah. but like i want to see the desperation there and then you have iris's character who's innocent and naive like being corrupted into i will go as far as i have to go yeah break then, her over time yeah and then realizing at the end of the night that she has literally thrown away her morals mm -hmm. for nothing and that she now has to live with the guilt that she cold-bloodedly killed a man she could have saved while her brother nothing. was at home committing suicide, yeah. thinking she was a burden. Like those, yeah. The, the, yeah, that's what the idea of like building out the world entirely at what I think we called like the 1080 or 720 level, like really going full tilt and create this human being. You've unveiled layers there. They should be lower middle class to poor upper class. Like they should be surviving, but not really surviving. Yeah. So that they would give up everything for that $10,000, for that $50,000 at the initial point of the game. But we're dealing with a guy who's a recovered alcoholic who seems to be doing very well for himself. You give me a bottle of scotch. Yeah. I mean, they offhandedly mention he's in debt, but I'm in debt. <laughs> yeah. Find a Everybody's guy who makes $12,000 a year and hand him a crack pipe and go, I'll give you double your fucking income. Go. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I I think when you compare it to other movies who have tried to tackle this type of film before, it just doesn't quite stand up. Um, it's a cool concept, but I, I don't think a cool concept is enough to carry a movie. No, and that's why it's always the two-star Tuesday where we have to clarify. This was a unique idea, sure. 
This was fun. <laughs> um, I'm curious to hear your perspective, though, because this is more your thing than my thing. This is technically a, a torture porn movie <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Um, that It falls into that category, mm-hmm. but at no point... Does it actually show any of the violence? Um, when we see the guy's hand blow up, we don't see his hand at all. We see the poof in his face, and then we cut to the yeah. disfigured hand. Um, Which is probably a budget move. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of these mm. are. When the dude slits his eye, they don't show that. Um, the shock thing is an easy fix. You just have actors sit in the chair and then spasm, <laughs> you know. Um, but, like, all of the quote-unquote violence, even when... Iris gets stabbed by Amy. We don't see the stabbing. Yeah. Um, so there is actually basically no blood in a movie that's meant to be about taking pleasure from causing pain. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird move. Let me flip it on its head using some of the very same films that we've talked about at nauseum. <laughs> Saul... The first one, almost no blood. Amanda doesn't get her head ripped open. You don't see her outside of the actual like sausage links that she pulls out of the other actor's body. There's no visceral... like it, There's a rush in Saul 1. You see the guy go through the barbed wire trap, but it's all in fast shots. There's no blood. Mm-hmm. You see the guy... Covered in wax, who drops the candle, he goes up and torch. It's real fast. There's no blood. <laughs> but you do see the violence, though. You, you see the violence in these very quick bursts, like Jaws, you know, mm-hmm. that, where you're hiding the monster for the most part. Yeah, you get the shotgun, you know, death that we talked about earlier and a couple other tricks in the first film. But there's an anticipation to violence in the first Saw films. Mm-hmm that this film doesn't establish. Like, I don't give a shit when the guy's going to cut his eye, which is the exact opposite of one of the earlier Saw films where the key's behind the guy's eyeball, and he's trying to do it when they bring back the bear trap, and he can't do it in time, and it fucking kills him. Because <laughs> he can't get his eye out. You're anticipating for an hour and a half in the first Saw that he's going to cut his foot off with a dull blade. And that makes everything in that movie holy shit. (laughs) But there's no establishment of the tension in this film to justify the lack of violence in this film. Mm. If that makes any sense. Especially when the premise is you have to complete the action to be able to move on. So it's like you have to do this. Otherwise we don't progress. Otherwise you don't Saw doesn't sit in a room for half an hour. Yeah. And like there are... Well technically sits in a room for an hour and a half but it doesn't sit in like one trap for half an hour it's 30 second trap yeah. and there are like other movies besides Saul like Hostel and even 13 Sins isn't like necessarily about um, torture so much as um, decisions and shit yeah and like throwing away your morals and stuff but even with that it feels like yeah, there's a build to the tension, a build to the decisions, a build to the moment that we're leading to. And with this, it's just, it's happening. There's no shock to the moment. And there's also no payoff for the bad guy mm-hmm. either. The bad guy at no point really seems to be enjoying it. There's not a reward for the pain. Um, From a directorial standpoint, because I'm thinking now about Saul and how fast things move. Is that a failure even on the point of the director? Because there were a lot of really long shots where we just sat and stared for like a minute. <laughs> I think it just as a whole, the whole thing needs to be reworked. Like the amount of characters in this film are kind of unnecessary. The bad guy isn't bad enough for mm. me. The good guy doesn't change enough for me. Um we pull out of what's supposed to cause us as an audience to cringe so Mm -hmm. far out that the only time in the whole movie I didn't want to watch was the eye scene. And I specifically said before we watched it, I was like, they're probably not going to show it, but I, I stepped as make me cringe. So I was like, I'm not going to watch it. But I was like, I knew 
instinctually they probably weren't going to show him actually slitting his eye open because they hadn't shown anything. So they pull so far out of what's supposed to be traumatic events happening to the characters that we don't walk away at the end of the movie with our uh, main character feeling traumatized. Yeah, like I don't she, feel relation to her at all. Yeah, yeah, like you're supposed to feel some level of growth or degradation or something with the MC. Like as an audience member, you're supposed to be going through these moments with them. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, torture porn type movies a lot of the time the main character is the bad guy a lot of the time there's not necessarily a good guy that you're ultimately rooting for the mc is kind of the bad guy and you're watching them get off through this violence that's Mm -hmm. increasing in intensity as the movie wears on and we don't get we don't get that sense of malicious pleasure from our bad guy yeah. we don't get that sense of defeat from our good guy so like, yeah we and just... there's no nudity so it's like, <laughs> what are you what are you bringing here what there's no gore you do in a torture porn there needs to be a sex scene and there needs to be torture and there needs to be gore there's she's no in the gore shower naked you just see it from her back she's oh. leaning against the wall yeah no how about the question i asked you while we were watching it did eli roth do a better job <laughs> Technically for the genre. <laughs> I mean, if it's meant to be a, a, a gore movie, I didn't feel traumatized by mm-hmm. it. I didn't feel affected one way or another. Like, I didn't, like I said, walk away with the main character feeling ultimately for better or worse that my life had changed. And that's kind of the point of highly traumatic movies, I feel like. is like either mm-hmm. your life is going to be ruined when this is over or you are going to come out of this on the other side some different version of yourself and yeah this felt like neither like i literally at the close (laughs) of the movie was like well she's gonna take the movie or take the money and move away and it's gonna be hard for her to deal with her brother but we never really met her brother so i really don't give a shit (laughs) like it it felt like oh well her life will go on and now she doesn't have to take care of him yeah and that was that (laughs) what a piece of shit it's not it's not an overall I wouldn't say it couldn't have been saved it desperately needed to be reworked yeah I don't even know where the fault lays though and I put a lot of the fault on the writer but I almost want to read the initial like spec script like fucking from beginning to where it wound up being shot I want to see how many colored pages are in that stack yeah. <laughs> I mean and who made those decisions because maybe he wrote something they just couldn't afford and yeah. they went through with it anyway we've done that and i was failed. gonna say the intensity of the violence is more on the filmmaker's part than the writer's part like pulling back from mm-hmm. like making the audience feel that level of intensity isn't a writing flaw but i there's so much in here where it, it just feels like somebody Almost like how we got censored in our film. Somebody had an idea and then somebody was like, no, 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 no. We can't do that, but we can do this. And everybody just went, okay. I guess I'll just do that then. (laughs) I'll completely remove Paul's reason for being. (laughs) In the dolls, which you can find at youtube.com slash Chris and Blue. Yeah, you can also find it on Nightmare Box Productions or youtube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. What about the website? You can find it over there too, right? (laughs) That would be the Nightmare Box devlog. Or you can find us over on Twitter at... At Nightmare Box Pro. Or Instagram at... At Nightmare Box Productions. Do we have anything else we need to say or have... Facebook and email. Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or send us an email at... Nightmare Box Productions. (laughs) Basically just search Nightmare Box Productions and... Trying to take that shit over hardcore. Share with your friends. Share with your family. If your family's into the weird shit, like our families are not. And I'm going to go make Japanese curry for my beautiful wife. Because that's what I do. <laughs> I'm a good husband. And not she's you. tired. Because there tired. was some jackass that was out towing a truck. And this film did not get me off enough. Yeah. I hate it when torture porn isn't torture porn. I'm so sorry. You had that Sasha Gray. Must be difficult for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> and I love you guys. And we will talk to you on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how the week goes. <laughs>